Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, somebody went all the way to France for this? This is Flop Culture! listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but occasionally we talk bops, hot goss, and everything in between. I'm your host, Fanula Jones. Great to see you. Great to have you. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode. If you did, please don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening. If you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave your little nickname in the review, I will give you a personalized bop or flop recommendation from my own heart my own flop vault, if you will. Um, and yeah, if you're looking for something new, look for something terrible or looking for something good, I will give that to you in exchange for five stars. The bartering system. We love it, girls. If you simply cannot get enough content, head over to patreon.com forward slash flop culture for a minimum of two bonus episodes a month. You'll also get these main episodes that you're listening to right now early and ad free. Now, however, we've the small matter of a 2001 movie flop that threatened to tank the career of one of the world's biggest and best pop stars. Glitter, the 2001 film starring Mariah Carey as aspiring singer Billy Frank, ended up as a cautionary tale in Hollywood history. This was a time of pop music dominance, particularly for Carey, so this seemed like a surefire winner at the box office, at the very least. But not everything that glitters is gold. From production issues to marketing snafus to merciless critical reviews, glitter bombed in every sense of the word. Yet beyond the negative headlines and box office woes, glitter carries a tale of ambition, resilience and the indomitable spirit of those who believed in its potential. One such person joins me today to discuss the film, broadcaster, writer and podcaster Louise McSharry. Enjoy. 
Louise McSharry, thank you so much for joining me on Flop Culture. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This flop has been long on my list, but I wanted the right person. And thank God when I emailed you and you said, I'd love to do this. It I was knew just, immediately, like immediately it came to me. Like, oh, well, okay, well then tell people, what did you pick? What is your flop? I picked the 2001 film Glitter uh, starring Mariah Carey. I think it's one of the most recognized flops, perhaps, of in history, really, um, which is probably why it came to me. Um, and I have a special relationship with it, so um, it, felt, it felt like the one. Okay, talk to me about this special relationship with the movie. Like, what's your first memory of Glitter? Because I, like, watching it for this podcast was the first time I watched it, I'm going to be honest. So, in 2001, um, I didn't go to the cinema to see Glitter. I wasn't particularly interested. Like, really, all I knew about Glitter was that it was terrible. Like, that was the narrative. It was, Mariah Carey's movie is terrible, blah, 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 blah. It was everywhere. All anyone was talking about, all the magazines. Because you have to remember, like, this is pre-social media. So, like, magazines, newspapers, it's all about how terrible this Mariah Carey film is. Um, And it's kind of, like, humiliating. I felt like it was really humiliating for her. It must have been. Um, Mm. And I, being the gullible 19-year-old that I was, completely just took that at face value. Then I started working in extravision. <laughs> a lot of our guests have like a very specific relationship with extravision, either working there or being a patron. Mm-hmm. Bring mm-hmm. extravision back. My God, what yeah. a mecca. It was a very special time in my life. I worked in extravision on the Green Hills Road in Tala. We were robbed several times while I worked there. Shout out. Um, sometimes by children, sometimes by adults. <laughs> You know, like literally groups of children would just come in and start reefing, like, because they used to have all the popcorn and the sweets and Ben and Jerry's and stuff. And they'd just like be filling up bags. And we had a security (laughs) guard and the security guard would just be standing there. And we were like, well, we're not going to stop them. Like, it's not our stock. I'm not getting in a fight with a child. Like it was a, it was a wild time to be alive. Um, But the thing about working in Extravision was that you could pick the films that you put on in the shop, but like. They had to be, you know, like ex- acceptable for children if, you know, sometimes... Yeah, if they walked yeah. in and happened to rob and exactly. then were traumatized by what they saw exactly. on screen. if the child robbers were traumatized, <laughs> we might have a have a legal case. Um, no, but you, so you had to have films that were appropriate, um, which kind of limited you. But the thing was, you, you couldn't actually really watch the films. I mean, sometimes you could, obviously, if it was quiet. But like, if it was busy, you weren't watching the film. So what you wanted was a film with music in it. Um, because really what you wanted to be listening to was music. Mm. Um, and there weren't that many solid options at that time. And this is the one I remembered that I came back to over and over again, because there is so much music in the film. And whatever you say about Mariah Carey as an actor or the film, there's no denying that, you know, she is an unbelievable musician, incredible singer, incredible songwriter, um, and the music in it is great. So that's where it started for me. Um, I started, I think I put it on one day and it was quiet and I kind of half watched it. And then it just became my go-to film that I put on every time I was working for, I don't know, I mean, it feels like months, but it was probably only about six weeks. Um, So that's where it started. But I remember really feeling like, hang on, she's been hard done by here. Like, it's really not that bad. Um, It's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not going to win any Oscars or like, you know screenwriting awards but I didn't think she was bad I didn't think anyone in it was particularly bad I thought the clothes were amazing the music is amazing the makeup like everything is just 
perfection. I was literally, because I rewatched it obviously ahead of this and I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't watched it in a long, long time. Um, But I stand by my, it's not that bad. Like it's really not. And there's so much about it that's brilliant. Like as you say, the makeup, there's so many makeup looks that I literally was noting. I was like, note to self. And that's one for next week or whatever. And the clothes are so beautiful. So beautiful. She looks great. She is great. Like she's not Meryl Streep but she's not bad mm. like I, don't, I just don't understand why it got the ribbing that it did I don't think it deserves at all the kind of the shit that it gets what is it about for anyone that's unfamiliar or for anyone who hasn't watched ahead of this podcast okay so Mariah Carey is uh, the, the opening scenes are her as a child she has a mother who's a singer she's like in a bar with her mom who's singing on the stage mom has addiction issues and falls asleep with a cigarette when they get home but not before we see Mariah Carey as a child get up on stage sorry Billy we'll call her Billy her mm. character's name is Billy we see Billy get up on stage and sing and she ha- I mean I don't know how they made this girl sound like this like I feel like they must have taken Mariah Carey's voice and like pitched it up or something Mm. because she's child Mariah Carey singing like she has this unbelievable voice like incredible the riffs they like whistle note like it's all there Um, but anyway they go home mom falls asleep with the lit cigarette the house goes on fire and Mariah Carey is shipped off to a girl's home where she makes two best friends and then next thing they're grown up they're trying to make it in music and eventually she meets um, this music producer Dice. 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 He's so cool. Played by Max Beasley, who you may know from Max Beasley and Mel B if you're of a certain age. Um, I don't know what your touch point is. We Hotel can Babylon, if okay. anyone remembers that on the BBC. And I, and I had to Wikipedia it because it, it was so imprinted in my mind and it only ran for like two years. It was like a, he ran a hotel... He, well, not Max Beasley himself. It was like a fictional show where he ran a hotel, but it was like real saucy. Ooh, I was like, I don't know what this. is this Hotel Babylon man? So sorry, was he with? He was with Mel C. Mel B. Mel B. Yeah, he had a relationship with Mel B and it was a really big deal at the time. And then I was doing research um, and he said that basically being with her almost ruined his life. <laughs> like almost ruined his career. And um, he basically said that, you know, directors wouldn't take him seriously. And he, you know, he was just like known as Mel B's boyfriend and it was a problem. Um, because they were in the tabloids all the time. They were together for three years um, and they got together right after her marriage to Jimmy Gulzar, the dancer, broke up. Right, um, okay. And they were, yeah, I mean, it was tabloid, like, palooza, basically, yeah. at that time. So everywhere they went, they were photographed, and he was just kind of a boy toy. So he's, his actual talent was being ignored. OMG, are we mirroring the plot <laughs> of glitter? <gasps> I think we are. Oh, takes life. Did That's glitter gas. predict this? Oh, yeah, my God. because what happens in glitter is... She meets Dice. Dice is a cool DJ at the club. It's 1989, 83, 1980. It's the 80s. Um, and the club is kind of like a Studio 54 style vibe. Like everybody who's anybody is there. Um, and he decides, I'm going to make you a star. And she's like, okay. Um, well, she's a little bit resistant because she's a tough girl. She's been, she comes from the streets. She mm. knows, you know, the hard knocks of life. Um, so she's like, I don't just trust anybody. Um, but he gets her to kind of record with her um, and he makes great music for her. Um, and she becomes very famous, but then it all turns sour because he's jealous. Mm. He's a jealous little bitch and he can't handle it that she's like become a big star. And there's other other stuff going on. He Initially, she's with this, this other producer guy, Terrence Howard, unbelievable actor, terrible guy. It's a real shame. Mm. Um, have you ever seen Hustle and Flow? No. 
Oh my God, Fanula. It's so good. Okay. Hustle and Flow, sorry, sidebar. Hustle and Flow, produced by MTV Movies. Um, Incredible. A, a bastion of, of, yeah. good, of good content yeah. on film and television. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Hustle and Flow, um, from, it's got five out of five in the Facebook ratings. Um, That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, certified bop. Now, I, obviously, I actually need to go back and rewatch this film as well, because this blew my mind when I saw it. But it came out in 2005, and it's Terrence Howard is a pimp. Okay. But he wants to be a rapper. Okay. Um, and he actually is good. And he has his girls who work for him. Um, Taryn Manning. Yes. Of Crossroads. Taraji P. Henson, who obviously has had like an absolutely enormous moment since. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a, like the cast is unreal. Like Ludacris is in it. Like, but basically it's about him trying to become a rapper. Yeah. And then, you know, but it's it's brilliant. Anyway, he's a great actor, bad person. Um so he is this other producer who wants to make his girlfriend a star and he's trying to like steal Billy's voice. Yeah, initially um, he's using Billy's voice and yeah. like they, she's like the the girlfriend Silk who's played by Padma Lakshmi which yeah. is just like, again, like there's so many faces that pop up in this that you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so they're like, she's lip syncing to Mariah's vocals yeah. and she's like the backup dancer, kind of backup singer with her yeah. friends and then... Max Beasley Dice is like absolutely not you're a star in her own right I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna take you all the way and he does but as you said gets really jealous and yeah. in inevitably kind of like ruins their relationship and personal relationship because obviously they fall in love along yes. the way she tries to resist she simply cannot <sighs> she cannot resist his charms and his terrible New York accent <laughs> Uh, she just can't resist Yeah, him. because there's definitely bits at the start where I'm like, this is just your accent, like you're British. And then he goes into full like, New Yorker, the big gap. Yeah. I'm, de- I'm going to make you a star. Yeah. Sing your best or whatever. They're not direct quotes, but. That was you singing, right? Oh, man, I knew it. I knew it wasn't self. He's been ghosting me. What do you mean ghosting me? Using your voice for silks. Yeah, but you know what? I'm having a good time, so... Hell no, hell, you can't let him do that. You have got a beautiful voice. You can't let Timothy use the best of you. Well, what makes you think that's the best of me? There's, there's more? There's better? Well, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just, like, I, I had a lot of fun with this, but I had the exact same reaction as you when you ended up watching it for the first time after hearing about all this critical reception. I was like, guys, it's really not like that bad. It's not. Like it's just like it's like it's not. And especially with the way it ends. Like yeah. so there's this whole other subplot where like as you said, uh, Billy ends up being kind of taken into care and she makes these other friends because her mom's like, I can't raise you, I have a lot going on, addiction issues, all mm. that jazz. You have this subplot in the middle of like her becoming a pop star where she's like, I want to find my mom. Yeah. She goes to find her mom. They're like, we can't find her, sorry, we have no details. Yeah. And she's like, okay, a bit weird, whatever. I'm going to go back and be a pop star. But she's still kind of dealing with all that. And then she ups, me- ends up meeting the mom at the end. It's like when that happened, I yeah. was a bit gagged. I yeah. was gagged like there are there's real when you watch it you have real feelings like mm. I have watched some truly terrible films recently book club 2 I'm looking at you like fuck me that <laughs> film is so bad it's so bad not book club 2 no. not the girls oh my god me and my friend Sean went to see Beyonce in Cardiff and the next day we had a whole day to kill um, and we were in Bristol I'm not going to get into why we were staying in Bristol when we were going to Cardiff I don't have a reasonable explanation we all, we all do things for Beyonce That's, just, I would never question that yeah. yeah so we, we were like oh we had a little walk around and then I was like will we go to the cinema and we were like yeah we'll go see Book Club 2 it's going to be so so bad but good no it's it's so bad like they managed to make those women look like bad actors but anyway that film 
genuinely bad. Like, don't get me wrong, I still found joy in it. But like, I recently watched, there's a film with Mila Kunis and, um, what's that woman's name? Glenn, Glenn Close. Close. Um, On Netflix that came out recently where Mila Kunis is like um, a heroin addict. It's really dark. It's terrible. It's so bad. Glitter is not a terrible film. No. It's not perfect. It's not going to win awards, but it's perfectly watchable. Mm. And the music is great and the costumes are great and the makeup is great and it's fun. And all of that, I think, makes up for kind of the the, the other bits that are yeah. a little bit lacking. I do think, and I will say, I think, did you watch The Idol? Yes. Like, I think it had the same issues as The Idol in that I think maybe if it had played a bit more for like, la- I think... As much as I found like the mom subplot obviously like compelling and that end scene and like she's getting upset, like it is like there is a lot of emotion and heart in it. But I feel like they were trying to do too much in one. And I just mm. wonder if they'd done like a straight pop star thing. Yeah. Would that have been more interesting in the same way with the idol? I think they should have played that more for laughs as opposed to doing whatever the fuck the weekend wanted to do where it was like porn and about a cult, but also not. You know what I mean? Like, because there's some bits of it where I'm like, Billy just seems like she's having the shittest time ever. And it's like, seemingly you're the biggest pop star in the world. Yeah. Like, how are you not live, laugh, loving this? Like, Yeah, we could have had more fun. I would have liked more of her friends as well. Like, Yeah, because at one point she just drops them in the middle of the movie and then they're back. I was like, thank God, because I cannot be looking at Max Beasley and his vests and his open tops. <laughs> oh, I was kind of into that. Like, you know, the tight leather trousers. The trousers, yeah. But it was just like every scene, it was like he was losing progressively more and more buttons. But like, it, fair enough. <laughs> From the, but weirdly from the bottom up. From the like, bottom up? That's not even where you're supposed to open the shirt, Max. Like, oh my God. But it's not like it, whatever. They're at like a USA Music Awards or whatever. And mm. like, okay, that makes sense because you're like breaking fashion and gender stereotypes. Well, we love a man opening a shirt, whatever. But sometimes they're just like working at work and it's like his yeah. full nipples are out. I'm like, women will never get away with that. Anyway, I'm on a completely different topic. But. Well, no, but I, I also think that like it was a little bit kind of Like, I think they needed to decide whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. You know what I mean? Because he was a good guy initially, and he was respectful of her, and he did deliver what she wanted in terms of her career. And then he lost the run of himself. And then he acted like a real dick, like properly obnoxious, like was Mm. really rude to her friends, was really rude to her, disrupted her career in a big way. He was like drinking too much, blah, blah, blah. But But then the end, she like misses him and she like goes you know to see him and leaves a lovely note and we're just giving away the full thing right yeah that's yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he comes home you know she leaves a note for him in his apartment like I miss you blah 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 and then he comes home and he sees the note and then he, she's playing the big gig that night Madison he, Square Garden that, Madison which Square I was Garden. like he said he'd get her to yeah. at the start of the movie which I was like oh. yeah in their first conversation he said I'll get you to Madison Square Garden if that's what you want um, and she gets there and then he gets shot <laughs> And Which also, go. I'm going to be honest, kind of gagged me. I yeah. was like, wow, kind yeah. of obsessed with this. Yeah, Didn't Terrence really want Howard anyone to die, but like, him. yeah, loved, loved it, love a twist. Love That's a twist. why I mentioned the whole Ter- Terrence Howard thing, because it comes back at the end because Terrence Howard shoots him and kills him. And she's, and she's like, you know, about to go on stage at Madison Square Garden and they all find out that he's dead. And she goes on stage and like tells her band to be quiet. And she's like, people out there, you got to really appreciate people when you have them because you don't know when they'll be gone. And then she sings a big ballad and it's gorgeous. But like, I was like, hang on, but is he bad or is he good? Like, Mm. you know, I needed, I think I needed it to be a bit more decisive. Like at least in the idol, Tedros, Tadros, whatever the fuck, like is, there was no 
redeeming qualities no. whatsoever. Yeah. Like he's just a manipulative dick from the beginning, which is why the end was so... I kind of, I was, I know a sidebar again, but I was kind of conflicted about the idol. I didn't hate it as much as other people did. I hated it. I'm going to be And it was the end for me. I was like, okay, so I've sat through this and there's this is the most bullshit twist yeah. like I hated the not end. smart enough to know what they're saying I don't yeah. even think they know what they're saying with this yeah I felt like that too but I think I think what a lot of what I read kind of about the misogyny of it you know about the fact that there was kind of I, I felt like the misogyny in it was accurate mm. to lots of women's actual experiences in Hollywood so I didn't have an issue with that so much because I felt like well that's that's real that's a real thing that happens but yeah the end the end just destroyed any attempt I could possibly make to defend it I did think it looked great it did yeah very slick yeah very slick very shiny did I watch all five episodes yes I did yeah same I mean I know it's the only time where I've actively been like I would have I would like that time back I think. look I'm a trash garbage bitch I I love eating it so much. I love rubbish. trash garbage bitches right here <laughs> on a podcast. Um, speaking of misogyny, love that. My favourite topic. How much do you think that played into the critical reception of yeah, this? Because massively. you, uh, like you just said there, you don't think Mariah was the worst part of it. Mm-mm. I would agree. I don't think she's like great, but I think she's not terrible. And obviously the music and the voice lends itself a lot to it. And she is that. She's incredible. Mm. But all like a lot of the critical review at the time they're all kind of honing in on her performance in particular she won a best actress award at the 22nd golden raspberries mm-hmm. uh, a writer in the village voice said for her part carrie seems most concerned about keeping her lips tightly sealed like a kid with braces and when she tries for an, an emotion any emotion she looks as if she's lost her car keys I which i mean like i don't know like i think i don't know i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i think that like at that time, it's important to remember what things were like at that time in the media. And the media was deeply and profoundly misogynistic at that time. Like, and I was fucking, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm swearing so much. I hope that's okay. I was absolutely sucking that up. Like as oh, a 19 year old, like I was like, yes, this is, this is life. This is how the world is. Like Lindsay Lohan and, you know, Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton. It was that kind of era of, you know, young women being sexualized beyond belief, but also kind of asserting themselves in, you know, going out all the time and, you know, wearing whatever they wanted, but then being absolutely ripped apart for it in the magazines. It was this like really vicious kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of horror. Um, And the way that the media wrote about women at that time was horrendous. I mean, think about Britney in 2001, like what was going on with her, like absolutely awful, awful Mm. stuff, you know? Um, So I think it was very fashionable at that time to just slag women off, you know, for for anything. Um, And I think that, yeah, it definitely played a role in the way that it was received massively. Mm. Because the thing is, we've seen Mariah Carey act since then and act really well. I was about to say, what is it? It pushed that. She's in the precious. She's in that. Mm -hmm. She was in something else. And it's like, it keeps escaping my brain, but she's so good in that. I remember there was like award chatter around her at that time. Yeah. But you also have to remember that like, this is, you talk about wanting to kick women at that time in the media, like, and it's especially when they're down. Mm. Like prior to the release of Glitter, she'd been hospitalized for like extreme exhaustion. There were a couple of media appearances she'd had in the lead up to it where she was like, kind of acting a bit erratically. There was a TRL thing Mm. where she wore a shirt that said Mariah Carey's lost her mind, I think. Um, I like didn't that's think that was and then that bad. like but like exactly and then it's like she has to come out and do all this 
press for it still like and kind of defend a movie that was already being critically panned another thing to mention this came out like in the wake of 9-11 when people weren't going to cinemas they were in a period of mourning they weren't going to see like a silly fun escapist pop girl movie and also because of 9-11 and I think the hospitalization as well. The soundtrack was released first and then the movie like two weeks yeah. later. So like it was kind of always set up to fail in that way, you know? Yeah, and the soundtrack is amazing. It's like very Lover good. Boy is such like So good. So good. Like the soundtrack is really, really good. And yeah, I mean I think it was it was, as you say, set up to fail. It was like a perfect blend of the culture being in the wrong place, as you say, I mean, American society being in the wrong place and Mariah probably being in the wrong place as well. Like, I can only imagine how much pressure she felt. Like, you know, she had worked so hard. If you think about Mariah as a as an artist, like she she's a young artist plucked from obscurity, you know, taken in by Tommy Mottola, who is obviously the head of the record label, who becomes her husband. Their marriage is extremely unhealthy. She finally breaks free of him, breaks free of that recording contract, gets to make music on her own terms, make the kind of music that we, you know, our favorite Mariah Carey stuff, well, my favorite Mariah Carey stuff anyway, that's kind of more like urban, a little bit more hip hop. I actually hate the word urban because it's just like, like coded for you know, African-American. Mm. But anyway, she makes music in in that vein. Um, and she seems to be a lot more happy and feel like she's she's actually, she makes a name for herself as a credible artist. She herself, not anyone else. And then, you know, to put yourself out there as an actor in a film, you know, feel like you're fighting that battle all over again. She must have felt immense pressure. Mm. And then to have it all go to shit, like, not great. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She had written the initial treatment for it as well, but I think then between like her hospitalization and then I think other people getting involved, like I think there were like production delays and stuff like that. There ended up being like a lot of rewrites. So then they ended up having to improv like Mm. on the fly on set, which I think in part 100% comes across. Mm. But then also it's like, okay, she's, Mariah's a lot of things, triple threat, whatever. Like, she's not a comedian either, or she's not like, as you said, this is our first kind of large scale project. How could you expect someone to improv on the fly like that? You know what I mean? 
lots of incredible actors can't improvise. Mm. Like, that's a huge ask. And she, you know, look, she's talked a lot about that time, like, and, and around the TRL thing, which when you read about it in black and white, so she, the, the story goes, she shows up at TRL unannounced with an ice cream cart. And um, Carson Daly... a pleasant, Daly, lovely surprise. Yeah, I mean, like, where's the problem? <laughs> In 2001, Mariah Carey surprised me on the set of MTV's Total Request Live. Mariah Carey is stripping on TRL right now. Her behavior was erratic. What are you doing? What did you bring? I'm trying to... You're my therapy session right now, Carson. You see, see, every now and then, somebody needs a little therapy. Yes, I understand that. And today is that moment for me. A week later... Mariah was hospitalized. Yeah. She was highly out of place. That's not how we had ever seen Mariah visit us at MTV before. Something was clearly wrong. But I think, like so many of us, we brush it off to, to television stars or to celebrities sure. or to uh, diva moments and things like that. When really, if you peel back the layers, this could be a human being struggling with a mental health issue. You know? Carson Daly, dickhead in my opinion, um, starts is like, ah, Mariah Carey just walked in wearing a t-shirt, pushing an ice cream bin unannounced to me. Mariah Carey's lost her mind. I don't exactly know what's going on here. I was going to a commercial break and I hear her singing for ice cream. Like, why are you immediately going, Mariah, Mariah Carey's lost her mind? Like, I'm going, that's actually a genius promo stunt. Yeah. Turn up unannounced on a live show as one of the biggest stars in the world with free ice cream singing. I mean, what's that to love? But even from a TV perspective, it's like, that's a huge gift for you yeah. to be like, Mariah's here and we have like all this other content we can now make around yeah. Mariah being here, having ice cream for some reason, gas, yeah. lol. As what, like, just to immediately go on the offensive of like, oh, she's look crazy. At this crazy psycho woman. Yeah. Hate her. Like, and see, the thing about it is, is that she did, after that, as you say, she was hospitalized. She did have what was described as an emotional and physical breakdown. She, in 2018, she said she was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder around that time as well. So, but, you know, you it's also kind of a chicken and the egg situation because they're like, well, you know, maybe the response to the TRL stuff and some of the other stuff kind of contributed to the emotional yeah. and physical breakdown. Like, you, you know, you don't know. But, like, she definitely was having a hard time. But, like, you know, I think the bigger question is why so many of the women from that time ended up having to go to hospital mm. because they broke down. You know, why Why did Lindsay Lohan end up in so much trouble? Why did Britney Spears end up in so much trouble? Why did Mariah Carey end up in so much trouble? Like, you know, it's, for me, you know, it's got to be partially because of the way that they were spoken about and the pressure that was put on them by the media. I know we're like all reflecting on it now as a society and as people, but it's just so mad that like even, uh, and not everyone is, but like most people are. But I love how at the time it was just like nobody was joining the dots there and being like, wow, mad, like mad that all these mad Mad women, they're all so sick in the head. Yeah. Anyway, just like, just, no, but you can like literally, there's you, no, hmm, why does this keep happening? Yeah. This is odd. But even you go back to like historically, the way that like mental, well, I'm air quotes, mental illness, like women were, you know, often diagnosed with mental illness that they didn't actually have. I mean, you like the phrase hysterical was originally a diagnosis for women for essentially having feelings like mm. that weren't palatable to, <laughs> you know, the culture. Like this is a thing that happens and has happened, you know, over centuries. Um, I feel like we're in a better place now and thank God for that. Like, mm. I think we are more sensitive and more forgiving and more supportive. And I think just as women, we're more empowered in general. But it's, you know, it's still still there. And that's like, we don't even bring in the, you know, the body stuff that was around that time. Like, you know, there was so much pressure on women to be super, super, super thin. So, you know, a lot of these women weren't really eating very much. So if you throw that into the mix along with everything else, like, I mean, talk about setup for failure. Would this have worked with any other pop star or do you think the reception would have been any different? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we have to think about who was really big at that time. I don't, I don't think so, because, like, even people like Beyonce, when she made films, she wasn't taken seriously, even though she was, you know, fine. Um, no, I think, I think any, I think any female pop star who tries to cross over, all pop stars who try to cross over, I think it's hard. I think female pop stars have an even more, have a more difficult time, um, because I think, you know, people just assume they're going to be terrible, and they have to be spectacular to kind of convince people that they deserve to do it at all. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. No, I think it's, and it's a question I always ask, especially when it comes to something like this. I'm like, okay, switch out the actor. Would it have worked? Or like, and most of the time it's just no. And when you, as again, as you said, when you consider Mariah, Mariah was at, she's at so many peaks, but like probably one of her first peaks. Yeah. She was untouchable, mm-hmm. like girl du jour. She had like the cred and the musical success to back it up. So it made sense for her to do this movie on paper in some ways. Yeah. Like even, I'm sure the studio and, and all were betting their money on it because it's like, we've seen the return on investment for records and so this should translate because it's she's essentially playing a movie in which she's kind of essentially playing herself yeah. in inverted commas. She said that it's not autobiographical, obviously, but... Like, there are parallels. Why would, yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't it have worked? Like it's yeah. Mariah, the biggest star in the world. Yeah, yeah, like, I think it's a real, it's a real shame because the soundtrack was really good, but it didn't do as well as it should. The film mm. was fine and it obviously didn't do well. And like, it really impacted her reputation, I think. And, you know, the next album that she brought out after that was The Emancipation of Mimi, which has great songs on it, but but didn't really kind of repeat the success that it had had previously. What's on The Emancipation of Mimi again? We Belong Together. Oh, what a tune. Oh. What a tune. Like, so good. I actually do really like that album, I have to say. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I think every album she's ever released is good. Mm. Like, you know, she she wrote All I Want for Christmas, like, in five minutes or something. I'm, uh, like, and I think that's where she doesn't get a lot of her dues or, like, people are very quick to dismiss her as, like, obviously, yeah, she's a great voice, but, like, whatever. She's a songwriter, like, and she's very smart. Like, she's so smart about songwriting and yeah. the business side of the music business yeah. like she's a fucking genius like I'd... oh my god she's without a with like undeniably a genius like in terms of songwriters like we look at you know finally Dolly Parton is getting her due you know for her songwriting skills she that woman she can just like pump them out it's unbelievable like you know the story about how she wrote what is it? Oh, I'm going to get it wrong now, even though I am a diehard Dolly Parton song. But she wrote, I think it's Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the Same Day or something. Like, she's she's unbelievable. But Mariah Carey, for me, is in the same category. Like, music just comes out of her. It is in her. Like, it's who she is. Um, and she shouldn't have to keep proving herself, I mm. don't think. But again, I think it's just a thing of she's a woman and it's pop music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, I think we've gone the other way now with pop music where we're kind of fawning over everything probably mm. unless just because it is a certain genre but yeah like I'd just love to rewind the clock and go back and shake people and be like no this is like this is art like this is yeah. absolutely worthy of and this beyond person, worthy of our uh, attention like yeah and Mariah Carey is so good she should get to do whatever she wants yeah <laughs> ever basically in my opinion agreed mm. agreed I did you see her live the last time she was here in three arena I have never seen her live yeah I really feel like I've missed out there. So good. And she brought out the kids in like little Irish churches. When was this? Oh, it was a few years ago. Now. Like, I was, I it was that? pre-pandemic, 2018, okay. 2019. I'm shocked that I wasn't there. 
It was so good. There must be a good reason that I wasn't there, but I'm devastated that I wasn't. 2019, apparently. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. It was very good. Um, what was I doing in 2019? What is... Oh, I had a baby. That's probably oh. why. <laughs> <laughs> Children. That'll be it. That'll yeah. be it. That's, um, that's it. What's your favourite part of the movie? Um... Okay, so my favorite. Can I give? Ooh, can I give you my you favorite can, look of the movie? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know when they're shooting her first like music video, and she's kind of covering herself in the sheer silver, silver thing. thing. I just her hair and makeup there. She's wearing this stunning, soft gray smoky eye, and she it's just and she has big hair, and it's it's amazing. Um, I think like I like. It's her it's her singing really like you know the the scene actually where she's performed with Silk who's the Padma Lak, Padma Lakshmi Jesus sorry my brain just stopped working there for a second her character so she and her friends are backing singers for Padma Lakshmi who's just done the performance and um lip synced to Mariah Carey's voice and they go into the dressing room and someone is like oh Silk um you know can we get a picture and she's like yeah and he's like girls get in there too and she's like not them they're just the backup they don't matter <laughs> and the girls are like hey and then Mariah Carey just starts belting out the song and like walks out of the dressing room singing it I love that scene because it's fun mm. but also because, I mean, that is her just singing. Yeah. And when you see her just singing, like, you're just like, holy shit, like that, she really sings like that. Like, that's real. Like, her voice really sounds like that. There are so few voices that are like that, that for me, it's just mind-blowing. Every time she spontaneously sings, basically, in the film, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I think I would just watch her just sing maybe forever. It's effortless, like, just... But without without anything, you know, without any production, without any instruments, just... It really is, in my opinion, kind of mind blowing when you every time you see it, you're like, wow, because I do not sound like that, even in the shower. <laughs> I don't know about you, I'm not hitting those high notes. I love when her and Dice go, well, sorry, when they're initially chatting and um, he's like, I want to, I'll make you a star or whatever. And he's like, he asks for her number and she's like, your name's Dice, right? You'll figure it out. And then she just walks away. I'm yeah. like, Billy, how is he meant to contact you? What does his name being Dice have anything to do with it? Like, it's I know. just like Lucky Dice, Lucky Dice. But I like how he like looks after, her, like with the kind of wry smile, like, oh, Billy, oh, you character. Um, I love when he does the thing of so their whole thing of like get her trying to get her the recognition and like separate her from Silk is that he decides to do like an improv karaoke so he's yes. like this DJ at studio this <laughs> nightclub whatever yes. and he's like right so I'm gonna go down into the crowd and I'm gonna get everyone to sing and then I'm gonna come to you and you're gonna sing and everyone's gonna realise that it's you and you have this amazing voice yeah. I was like if I was at that nightclub right and I was like I love karaoke and I love going out right same babe but like if I'm out and then it's like okay and now we're just gonna randomly give the mic to people I would be pissed yeah. I would be pissed because he's just, he gives the mic to a couple of people at the start and they're just like rapping over and they get tomorrow I'm like thank god what a talent but I was just like this would yeah. this would not go down well in a I club I mean from a practical perspective no one can see what's happening nobody knows who sings like you know you're just on the dance floor going what the fuck is going on I totally agree it's the equivalent of I'm sorry of someone picking up a guitar and starting to play Wonderwall at a party where everybody's having fun and then all of a sudden everybody has to be quiet and listen truly like truly uh the other one then is when they're in the restaurant they're on that and it's like they're still kind of friends at this point oh, yeah. and but like he's clearly <laughs> taking her to like impress her on the day and she's he like the and they eat the escargot and he's like it's a french delicacy and it's like 
she is giving kind of vacant there, I will say, but it's it works so like, well for me. They went all the way to France to get these snails. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And do, they have sex like immediately, not immediately after that, but like they go back to her gaff or whatever and they have sex. And my boyfriend came in at that point and he was like, what the, is that his arse? Like it was just like very quickly they're shagging and then it's like over and they're like in love with each other, like gazing at each other. But also the way with that, flash. The, the moment of seduction, like they've been working together at that point for like months, you know, mm. and she finally goes out with him and she's like, it's not a date. And her friends are like, it's a date. And they go to the fancy restaurant and then they go back to his apartment and she's like you just want me to come upstairs so that you know basically we can have sex and he's like no that's not it at all and then he plays the what are they called the like it's like a xylophone but fancier than a xylophone and he's like it's one of my favorite instruments and he starts like casually playing it but it's like just like a fancy xylophone I mean very cool like mm. sounds great and then that is the thing that makes her feel Billy's like knickers off yeah. here we she, go she kisses him she's like <laughs> oh I just love the way you play the what is it called? Glockenspiel? No. No, it's marimba. not. Marimba? Yes, marimba. 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 She's like, I just love the way you play the marimba. <laughs> like, that's the thing that crosses her over the line. Like every music male music nerd who watches that film, which by the way is none. But like if a male music <laughs> nerd should. watched that film, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's the kind of girl I'm looking for. I want the girl who's turned on by the marimba. And Billy would be their girl. There you go. This is now a dating advice podcast. Yeah. Just play the marimba. Off you go. You'll get women that way. <laughs> Um, there was a writer, Trey Green, who wrote after their release of Glitter. Uh, they said, many people use the film to defame and demean the pop music superstar, um, but praise the theme of the film, which is to put yourself first and never abandon your dreams. A theme Carrie lived out in real life as she boldly navigated harsh critiques and continued to push through. Would you agree there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think, I think the first sentence of that, or the first phrase of that is like key, that they did use the film as a way to kind of batter her. It's not that the film, you know, the film was kind of like a tool for them to slag her off. And they were going to slag her off no matter what. And the film was just there, you know, and so they used it. But she's a tough bitch. You know, there's no stopping Mariah Carey. Like, she's been through a lot. We've seen it. She is in my opinion, what we want from our stars. You know, I love a relatable gal, like, don't get me wrong, but I also love to watch someone, you know, get into a bath on cribs and, like, you know, insist that they're only filmed from one side and sometimes demand puppies or, like, special lighting. Like, I love that. I don't know her. Like, all that stuff, I love it. Mm. You know, be over the top. You're Mariah Carey. She's one of the last true kind of, like, celebrities in that sense because I think she's given us an awful lot in terms of her her book, The Meaning of Mariah. Yeah. And like, I think she's been very forthcoming about some things. But again, as you've also said, like I kind of don't want to fully relate to my celebs as well. I want them to be a little bit mental, in inverted commas, in that they're so wholly unrelatable that I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. I'm just like in awe. And she really is the last, one of the last, yeah. one of those types, I think. Like Beyonce is not that, but she has also cultivated that like kind of superstar status that untouchable kind of different to us on another level just through like basically retaining information and her privacy you know she doesn't give us much so whatever she gives us we devour and she feels kind of otherworldly as a result of it you know 
and that is a special thing, you know, that we don't get anymore. Yeah. I wish she'd go back doing interviews. I know she doesn't have to, and I, I know why like she doesn't. Just the odd one. Just the odd just one. Like one a year. Do or hot her. ones. You know what I mean? Just do hot ones and then never do anything again. Oh I'd my be God, like, I'd love to see her do hot ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, something she can like that. Out. Sorry, if Zane can come back and do Call Her Daddy, come on, you can do Beyonce, come on. <laughs> Imagine her with Amelia and Chicken Shop Date. I would love that. Yeah, I'd love just something. Or even if she decided to do you know, more of the kind of little documentary vignette things that she's done that she's produced and directed herself. Yeah. Like, just give us something, please. Where are the visuals for Renaissance? Like, come on. I want a documentary about the, about, the, about Renaissance the album and the tour. Because but the, like the visuals are filmed. Like there's yeah. they're filmed. Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? I know she listens, so I'm sure she'll uh, respond. <laughs> um, Louise, it's been a pleasure. Before I let you go, I suppose I'd love your kind of final say on why you think glitter ultimately flopped, and then I suppose your elevator pitch for why it's not a flop and why it should be embraced by every one of us in our daily lives. So I think that Glitter flopped because of the context of when it was released. Um, Partially, I think that, as you mentioned, it came out in a time when America wasn't really, didn't have an appetite for fun, frothy films, which is exactly what it is. Um, I think Mariah Carey, unfortunately, would have had to have been Meryl Streep's standard for the papers and the media to have been kind to her about it. And I think it was at a very difficult time in her life where she wasn't maybe able to support it, you know, with public appearances and all the rest in the way that she that she could have at another time. Um, I think that people should give it a chance because it is fun. Like, it's light, it's poppy, it's beautiful to look at, the outfits are amazing, the makeup is great, the music is great, the story is fine. Like, you know, the performances are absolutely fine. And at the end of the day, you get to watch Mariah Carey be Mariah Carey for an hour and 44 minutes. And I would watch 17 hours of that. Same, absolutely. Although I realise that that's actually not really an endorsement because she's supposed to be someone else. But like... You know what I mean. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Louise, it's been a pleasure. Where can people hear you, find you? You have a great podcast that I'd love for you to plug. Guys, I'm fucking everywhere. There's no avoiding <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> on social media, I'm Louise McSharry everywhere. Um, my podcast is called Catch Up with Louise McSharry. comes out every Friday. We'll catch you up on the week's news and pop culture. And there's always a little interview as well. Um, and then I also do a little bit of writing. I write a beauty column for the Weekend Magazine, The Irish Independent, and a, an opinion column every second week there as well. They're truly, I mean, you can't get away from me. And you have a Patreon for catch up. Do oh, I do. That? Yeah, yeah. Um, which gives uh, an extra episode every second week, um, which is really fun. And actually, I'm going to be introducing a third soon, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, very so, yeah. exciting! Yeah, yeah amazing. Exciting. Louise, you're We're always self-made women, Fanula. I love it. Isn't that I great? love it. <laughs> I love being my own boss. I love taking myself for lunch because I did such a good job. Me it's too, class, babe. <laughs> and I'm so happy for you and all the success you've had. Thank it's you. great to see, and I'm so happy that we got to sit down and chat about this. You are always welcome back in Flap Culture Towers. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Glitter is available to buy or rent on YouTube. Thank you once again to Louise McSharry for joining me. Please be sure to check out her podcast, Catch Up with Louise McSharry, wherever you get podcasts. I will leave all her links below, including to the Patreon. Go support independent media. We love it. There is no Top of the Flaps this week because uh, I'd like to say it's because I'm feeling very kind and generous. It's not. These episodes are being recorded a little bit in advance as I am on my holidays. Um, but rest assured, my bag of flaps will be will be heaving, heaving to the brim by the time I'm back. And I will be showing no 
mercy. That is all from Flap Culture Terrors this week. We're back next week with a flap that can occasionally stink, to be honest. My name is Fanula Jones. This has been Flap Culture. If you want to follow us on social media, it's flapculture underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.